0: So the big question is this, how do people like us who have belief systems embedded in our subconscious mind by the age of six, belief systems that create our experiences, affect how we feel, who we are, and how we behave? How do we strip our layers that are limiting and expand into success? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Kate Astle, and welcome to History. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Strip Podcast. On today's episode, I welcome Rhi to Strip. Re is an astrologer with a psychology degree and extensive training in meditation and mindfulness. She fuses this together with her strong intuition to find the tools that work best for each person. She supports you through navigating life's transitions, whether it is changing careers, ending or starting new relationships, entering a new stage or phase of life or spiritual growth to find the path that is most meaningful, authentic, and soul-nourishing. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, Ray, and welcome to The Strip Podcast. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to talk to you today because astrology is something that I'm so fascinated about, but I have limited knowledge on, so I'm sure there's going to be lots of valuable content for me and for my listeners today. Hopefully. Definitely. (laughs) So the first question I always ask everybody is tell me a little bit about your journey and what you do now. Yeah. Okay. Big question. So I'm a
1: psychologist and astrologer and it's something, you know, those are two things that I've been passionate about my whole life. I'm super lucky that I have a very spiritual mama bear who was really interested in astrology as well. So we always had astrology books at home. So I've literally been devouring them since I was about 10 years old. So it's always been in my life. Uh, And being a deep Scorpio, the human brain, the human psyche, feelings, emotions is something that I'm really into as well. So it just felt like a no-brainer to kind of merge psychology and astrology and forge my path that way. So I feel really fortunate to do what I do.
0: That's fantastic. I love that it was ingrained in you in such a young age. Yeah. I feel like sometimes it's easiest to learn about things when you're younger as well. Like sometimes to get into it later is um, a bit more difficult.
1: Totally because we our adult brains just get in the way of wanting to be perfect rather than just enjoying the process.
0: Yeah. So talk to me about astrology and what it is and how the planets and stars can impact our lives. Ooh, how much time you got? <laughs> <laughs> as much time as you need.
1: Okay, so in a nutshell, astrology is it's the study of the planets, the stars and their movements in the sky and then how that actually impacts our psyche, our personality and impacts earth in general, you know, impacts uh situations and events. So it is very much a predictive tool, but I see it more as a self-inquiry type tool it's a really an amazing tool that helps you to dive into personality traits and the way you relate to yourself and to the world and to others so it's a really yummy juicy topic uh that yeah we really would need hours for for me to adequately explain and describe
0: can you run through the the planets and what each of the planets means depending on their positioning
1: Yeah. So, I mean, they're always moving, but obviously we do have planets that are further away from Earth uh, than others and they all move at different speeds too. So it's probably just easier to speak to what each planet means in terms of how it impacts us. So we've all pretty much heard of our sun sign, I'm sure. and, And what that means is in astrology, we've kind of, we've made up this zodiac belt. So there's 12 areas in the sky and each of the star signs have their own area in that 12 zodiac wheel. And so the sun, when it's in a particular sign, it affects our personality in a very particular way. So the sun is very much our self-esteem, our self-worth Uh, and our personality. So if you've got the beautiful sun in Aries, uh, it's a fire sign, you're likely to be much more driven and determined, Uh, you crave your independence and excitement and kind of like to do things your own way. Whereas if you've got the sun in say, watery Pisces, you're probably going to be a bit more dreamy, a bit more poetic, a bit more romantic and happy to take life at a slower pace and speed. So that's the sun, the moon, the sun and the moon are the two most important ones. So the moon affects our emotions. And this is why the full moons and the new moons often really impact us in a really big way. Uh, And interestingly, it's where, you know, how they say the loony bin for when you're crazy, it actually comes from the word lunar. And there are loads of studies and research on the fact that there's more crime, there's more hospital admissions and all those kinds of things around the full moon, because we really do tend to get a little more cray cray around the moon time. So same with the sun, depending on what sign your moon sign is in, it's going to change the flavor of the way that you relate emotionally to yourself and to others so if you've got a fire moon you're going to be a bit more fiery and assertive and reactive probably in your emotions Um, if you've got an earth moon you're likely to be a bit more stable a bit more grounded than perhaps those fiery moon types Uh, water moons are really intuitive often quite psychic and they really feel things deeply and then air moons, I always notice um, there's usually a bit more anxiety because we tend to overthink. The air signs are related to thinking, um, so there tends to be lots of thought, lots of overthinking, and um, but also lots of intelligence and, and lots of wit, uh, and yeah, good, funny, fun vibes. Does that answer your question so
0: far? Yeah, it does. So my my moon is in Cancer.
1: Oh, that's beautiful.
0: Yeah. So can- is Cancer water?
1: Cancer's water, yeah. And the moon, I mean, Cancer is the moon's favourite sign, Cancer and Taurus it loves. So it's really great. But it squares off with your Aries sun, so it means there's often like a tug of war between your, I guess, your thoughts and your emotions.
0: Yes. <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> Uh, the practicality of it all behind the emotions. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but the moon's very happy in cancer. So that would heighten your intuition for sure. And also your depth of feeling. Yeah. So those are the two main ones. And we often talk about the big three in astrology that there's your rising sign or it's sometimes called your ascendant. So it's really juicy to know what that is. That's, um, based on the exact time and location that you were born. Uh, and then the sun and the moon into personality and your emotions, and just knowing those three gives you so much information about who you are and how you relate to the world. But then we've got all the other planets as well. And this is why no two Aries are the same or no two Scorpios are the same, because even though your sun might be in Aries, your moon, Venus, Mars, Pluto placements could be in completely different signs compared to the Aries that lives down the street from you. So it really does give it its own unique Flavor, which is why it's really worth knowing your birth time um, and doing your own individual birth chart, so that you can really, yeah, learn what makes you tick and what makes you different from that other Aries or that other Scorpio.
0: Yeah, I've loved learning about it, and there are so many different websites and stuff where you can just plug in your yeah. name, birth date, and time, and it generates yeah. a ton of information.
1: Yeah, Cafe Astrology is where I send everyone. It gives the most detailed and in-depth free report. Uh, It's probably the best one around. So it actually does the interpretations for you rather than just saying, okay, this is what sign each of your planets are in. Because if you don't know much about astrology, you're like, okay, that's great to know, but what the hell does that mean?
0: Cafe Astrology is the one that I used. I'm just having a look at my chart now.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. What's your rising sign?
0: Uh, Sagittarius.
1: Ah, oh, nice and fiery.
0: Yeah, and the great. teacher,
1: the, the teacher of the zodiac.
0: Yeah, lots of fire.
1: Mercury is our communication and our thoughts, which is why I'm sure you've heard of Mercury retrograde. Yeah. When a, when a planet is in retrograde, it's kind of working uh, in, in the opposite way to what it normally does so if mercury is normally about communication and and being really good at communicating when mercury is in retrograde it often means that there can be miscommunications and misunderstandings that's often why uh things can feel a little out of whack when we've got mercury in retrograde so it's a really great planet to know about especially if you're in your line of work you know where you're teaching and sharing information uh and knowledge mercury is a big one for you
0: So it's in Aries as well. Of course it is. (laughs) Um, And then (laughs) Venus and Mars. Yeah, they're juicy ones. They're really great planets
1: to look at uh, when you're working with relationships and wanting to know how you relate to others. So Venus is the planet of love of beauty, also of money, um, but very much the relationship planet, the more feminine side of it. And then Mars is our sexuality um, and probably the more masculine e- element of relationships. But then Mars is also our drive, our determination. Um, it's like the, it's your ruling planet actually as an Aries. It's the warrior of the zodiac. So all about fighting and aggression and assertiveness as well. So I have both of mine in Aquarius Aquarius beautiful okay so you definitely you know do things differently uh and need yeah need things to
0: be a little left of center yeah it's funny because all of my jobs and stuff um i work for new south wales health pathology full-time in project management but i've gravitated from like the traditional pathology strand working in um innovation so new projects Uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's just where i've kind of gone
1: That's perfect for you.
0: Yeah, and then I've got like the coaching and like this side of it, the yoga and stuff as well. So it was also kind of that's what happened in my Saturn return. Uh Aha,
1: yeah, okay. Yeah, that's perfect.
0: Yeah, which is why I think I had such an easy time in my Saturn return. I just kind of went with it.
1: Well, just know too that at age 33
0: we kind of get a a second run of our Saturn return. (laughs) What is it called at 33? So it's obviously not Saturn coming back.
1: No, it's not. They call it, um, it's linked um, to Jesus Christ. They call it the Christ year because apparently that was the year um, when he was 33 that he was crucified. And so what we often say is you either love or hate your 33rd year if you really learnt the lessons and built the foundations that Saturn wanted you to build during your Saturn return. In your 33rd year, it's like you reap the benefits of that and you reap the rewards and it feels really in flow. Whereas if you didn't quite learn the lessons or perhaps didn't quite build as solid of a base as you wanted to, you may just get another chance to learn that lesson and to kind of build a few more walls or bricks or whatever it is that you need at age 33.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. So Jupiter's luck?
1: Jupiter is luck and abundance, yeah. And remember that every planet has a positive and negative manifestation so while Jupiter is luck and abundance it can also mean excess so it can sometimes mean too much of a good thing as well and Jupiter is what we call one of the social planets so the planets that are closer to earth we feel on a much more personal level um, and the luminaries so that's sun moon Mercury Venus and Mars they all affect us quite personally then the social planets they're a bit further out that's Jupiter and Saturn and they move more slowly so that means a whole cohort of people are going to be going through the motions of these the energies of these planets at the same time and then we've got the outer planets and then are the generational planets so that's Pluto uh losing Uranus and I'm missing one here Neptune Neptune thank you uh and they affect you know it can sometimes be 10 to 15 years worth of people are kind of all have that Planet in the same sign. So we feel the pull of those, I guess, less frequently, but can still often feel them quite
0: strongly. Yeah. Cause Saturn, so that you spoke about Saturn's return. So yeah. it's, it's got a, is it a 30 year cycle?
1: Pretty much. Yeah. It's about 28 and a half years. So this is why the Saturn return, it's my favorite thing to work on with clients. Uh, it's like a coming of age. And so the moon, the way I often describe it, the moon Takes 28 days to kind of do that revolution, yeah. And the sun takes 365 days, you know, a full year to come back to that place in the sky that it was when you were born. Saturn moves way more slowly and takes 28 and a half years to do that same full revolution back to the place in the sky that it was when you were born. And so our Saturn return is when we start to feel the pull of the themes that Saturn relates to, which is things like responsibilities and karma and restrictions and he's certainly not the the fun fun guy of the zodiac but he serves a purpose and he's really important
0: yeah of course and then you've got um is it lilith and end node as well north node Uh,
1: north node and south node yeah lilith is it's there's some connotations there's a lot of greek mythology um and sometimes the religion's moved in as well and the story of Lilith is that she was apparently the first wife of Adam in uh, the Garden of Eden but she refused to submit to him she refused to be subservient and so she was kind of sent away and it said that she changed into a serpent into the Garden of Eden and then Adam asked for a new wife who was lovely and subservient and so Eve was created from the rib of Adam. Uh, and here we have the story of Adam and Eve, and it said that when uh, Eve goes to the Tree of Life and she sees the apple, that Lilith slithers down as a snake and whispers in her ear, you know, eat the damn apple to yeah. try and get her to not be subservient. So Lilith is like our inner wild woman. She's the, the wild, untethered part of our
0: soul. Oh, wow, I never knew that. Yeah. That's interesting. So I've got my, so my Saturn, Uranus and Neptune are all in Capricorn. Yep. And then Pluto and Lilith are in Scorpio. Yeah. yeah, and North nodes in Aquarius.
1: Nice. Okay, so your North node is linked. Your Saturn. Oh no, your Saturn was in um, Capricorn. Okay. Yeah, so the North Node, it's the, uh, so Saturn Return and North Node, South Node are my two favorite things to work with. So the North Node and South Node are karmic points. The South Node is the, you know, the gifts and talents that we've brought in from previous lifetimes. And it's where we tend to rest on our laurels in a way, I guess, because it feels really familiar. We've mastered these lessons and we tend to fall back on our South Node quite often. And we can have a pretty happy life just living in our South Node. But what I tend to see with clients and what I know Noticed with myself as well, is that once you kind of reach your 30s, it tends to happen after your Saturn return. If you're not living into your North Node, and our North Node is the the lessons that we're here to master that allow us to create more meaning and purpose in our life. Um, and if you kind of not steering your ship towards the north node, it can just always feel like something's missing. Like you might have the perfect job, the perfect relationship, all these kind of things, but it just feels like there's that missing puzzle piece and that's the north node. And often why we don't veer towards it, because why wouldn't we veer towards something like that, right, is because it's really fucking scary. You know, it's a, a skill that we haven't mastered yet. It's not something that feels super comfortable, but once we do master it, we're then able to more easily go back to the familiarity of our south node but in a much more conscious way.
0: Hmm, I don't know anything about my south node. I'm going to have to have a look at that. Is that on the cafe astrology as well?
1: Yeah, so the south node is always the opposing sign to your north node. So if your north node, did you say it was Aquarius? Yeah. Yep, so your south node is in Leo.
0: So Leo is what's comfortable for me and yeah. what I've come in with in this life. Yeah,
1: and so if you're, let's see if my brain can do this. If you're Sag rising, you can go Sag uh, Capricorn. Aquarius. So one, two, three. So your north node is in the third house. So you're here to learn about communication, you know, and expressing and really using your voice.
0: Hmm. Oh, very interesting. I think that's something <laughs> I've definitely leaned into in my Saturn Return. Yeah. Or more so finding my voice, I think. Yeah, yeah. But I've always been big on communication.
1: Yeah, what's well, definitely what you're here to master in a new way but you know because of the third house and so your south node in the ninth house that's more um, they're both about teaching but the third house is more about kind of school teaching and then the ninth house is more like tertiary education is one way of looking at it and so what you've done in previous lifetimes probably is communicated and taught in a really big and expansive way and you're still meant to do that here but what I'm guessing it's meaning for you with that north node in the third house is actually learning how to do it in your little personal sphere as well so you do it beautifully for everyone else and teaching everyone else how to do it but how to really master it in your own personal world and one-to-one relationships
0: yeah thank you so much for sharing that um i would also now like to know for everyone else that's listening as well where are the planets at the moment and how is it affecting us this week well, this week, gosh, we picked such a juicy week for this. We've got the
1: big full moon show coming up uh, tomorrow, actually, but it's a full moon on steroids because it's an eclipse. And so full moons, like I said earlier, I think always impact our emotions and can send us a little bit loopy. But because this one's an eclipse, it's also about massive change. But then it's like the eclipse is on steroids as well because we've also got the planet Uranus in there fucking with our jam and Uranus is All about chaos and change and unpredictability so there's really a a very unpredictable and erratic energy with this moon that basically anything could happen and whatever direction you thought you were going in could suddenly sideswipe to a new direction so yeah if you're feeling nervy and lots of excitable energy we can definitely blame
0: it on the moon this week. Yeah, it's crazy. Hey, I usually track the um the lunar cycle. Yeah. And so I try like I run a few manifestation workshops and we always try to do that around the new moon. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of my friends run a lot of full moon circles and things like that as well, with like the releasing Beautiful. and letting
1: go. Yeah perfect. Well, it's interesting actually with this moon, because it's an eclipse, we usually recommend not charging your crystals and not doing any rituals or anything like that because the energy is just too erratic and too intense. So that's not really the kind of energy you want to be infusing into your crystals or your intentions. So this moon, it's far better because it's so erratic is to just stay as grounded as possible and to kind of just meditate and tune in, still tune in for sure, like we would with any moon, but you don't necessarily
0: need to act any steps just yet. Yeah, and then cuz we had an eclipse not long ago, didn't we?
1: Yeah, they they come in usually uh pairs every few months. So we'll have another eclipse in early December and it'll definitely impact you because it's a Sagittarius new moon. <laughs> um, so got lots That's good of, to know. <laughs> lots of exciting things coming up, my love. Um and so you've been really impacted for the last 18 months actually because the nodes um and the the eclipses are linked to wherever the nodes are and the north node south node axis has been on the Sagittarius and Gemini axis for the last 18 months and will soon be finishing up and then it's all the Scorpios and Taurians who are going to be in the firing line after that
0: that's so funny so I finished my Saturn return essentially 18 well December
1: yeah Was yeah it? and so I've yeah. still been in that yeah yeah so like the aftershocks and the aftermath of it yeah and it's it never ceases to amaze me you know how astrology works that way right like even if you don't have an understanding of astrology and then someone is like oh but this is happening right now we can usually always go oh my god that makes so much sense that was totally yeah my career was in the spotlight or my relationships were in the spotlight There usually always is a planetary reason for it. Yeah,
0: I love that. I love the explanation for it. I think it helps um, understand as well. I've done a little bit with human design and human design relates a lot back to astrology too. Yeah. Yeah. So I found my human design chart is very similar. Oh, it has very similar characteristics to my astrology chart.
1: Yeah, and I love that, right, and then when you bring in numerology as well, it's like they all just link up perfectly and and that's what I love about it. Um, I'm so intrigued by human design but I find the sheer volume of information so overwhelming that I've – it just stuck with astrology for myself but I'm really intrigued to actually get my human design chart done by someone who actually knows their shit about it
0: well I'm starting my course next Tuesday <gasps> <Yay>! <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I went with um the international human design school but there yeah. to do the course you literally have to start with first you break down your own chart yes and yeah. then there's about five or six different courses you have to add on to that to then become a reader or to read other people's charts or interpret yeah. them for them
1: yeah oh I'm super excited to see how that all goes to well well done for taking on that
0: <laughs> challenge just, yeah I just added in with everything <laughs> yeah. else you know
1: just working for New South Wales Health and yeah. <laughs> doing all the things
0: doing all the things um I think it's it's so easy to do and I'm passionate about it so it just exactly kind of, yeah yeah If I wasn't, I would probably be overwhelmed with the amount that I take on, but I find, Yeah. um, yeah, I just love it all. So it's quite simple.
1: And the beautiful thing about learning things like astrology and human design and numerology and even psychology, right, is you learn so much about yourself. So even if you don't necessarily do something with the study in terms of your career, I mean, it's just priceless in terms of what you learn just in general.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a fantastic segue into my next question. How has your growth been impacted by learning about astrology?
1: Oh, it's just the, yeah, exactly what I was just saying, the deep, deepening of understanding yourself and the way you relate and I think the other thing about it too is the way that it it can prime and prep you for challenges and it's not all doom and gloom like oh you've got this challenge coming up so for instance maybe you're sat in return it's like okay this challenge is coming up but here's all the positive aspects and energy of your chart that you can work with to really own and honor and um, succeed in this challenge that you've got coming up as well as, I guess, giving you times and dates and finish lines to know that, okay, if there is this challenge coming up, I know that it's going to end in three years or two days or two weeks or whatever it may be. So I find the way astrology helps me and helps clients is that it just really allows you to flow with life with more ease rather than resist against it.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. That's what I use it for too. I think just... Yeah. Um, even just knowing more about my chart and stuff like that, it's just, I think it just helps with that deeper level of understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. And, and I, that, sorry. I think it can also help with like compassion towards yourself too.
1: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and the, I guess, um, you know, like validation, like, oh, God, I thought I was crazy or oh, I can't, you know, there's a reason for this. It just, it can help you feel less alone, I think. Yeah, why do I feel so shit this week? Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> oh, wait, it's not just me. Yeah, it's everybody. <laughs> but, yeah, the compassion is a big one. I think that's a beautiful insight.
0: Yeah, like just to be able to understand that, like, you are doing things and reacting in a way That's true to who you are and that's okay. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because I think sometimes when we don't react or we don't do things the way that everyone else does, we can be very hard on ourselves, um, even if that's not true to who we are and we can feel different or, like you said, alone.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, isn't that just your Venus and Mars Aquarius talking there? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What's Aquarius? Humanitarian or something, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm Aquarius rising, actually, so I really vibe with Aquarius energy. It's all about authenticity and integrity and, yeah, helping the collective rather than the individual. so I love that you've got that Aquarius kind of Aries energy in your chart because it's like, okay, how can I work on developing myself so that I'm then able to help, you know, the the greater
0: collective? That's what I'm about. <laughs> you, I've got Aquarius Aries energy too. <laughs> yeah, I love it um this information has been so valuable for me and i'm sure it's going to be valuable for everyone who listens to this episode if listeners want to get in touch with you where's the best place for them to go
1: so i've got my instagram page which is white underscore witch underscore wisdom uh, and you can click on the link in the bio to then find my website which is com.
0: and thank you so much for joining me for today's conversation thank you beautiful it's been a delight Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. Check the show notes to links to information from today's conversation. And if you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at Kate Astle underscore on Instagram and send through a direct message. As always, stay true to you.